0: Hello and welcome to the Thriving on
1: Purpose broadcast. My name is Sebastian Richard. We're so glad that you could join us tonight. Thanks to all of you who join us every week for this uh, teaching, this Bible teaching uh, broadcast. And tonight we have a powerful, powerful subject for you guys. And we titled tonight's broadcast, The Top Six Reasons People Leave Christianity.
0: And I'm Elizabeth Richard. I forgot
1: forgot (laughs) to introduce you. Oh, uh, forgive me, please. <laughs> anyway,
0: um, it's funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we um really want to talk about this topic because um as most of you know, um as most of you are noticing uh in this last year, uh there's been a lot of talk of you know leaders and influential Christian people leaving the faith. And it makes uh, it stirs a lot of um questioning, it stirs a lot of conversation. And uh
1: controversy too. and
0: controversy and um, we we just really wanted to do a broadcast because the Lord was uh, speaking to us. the Holy Spirit was really um, masterminding through us on uh, the different reasons and uh, I think this is really going to be a powerful podcast if you are a, a church leader and you've been wondering, you know what can I do to prevent this from happening? Mm-hmm. Why do people leave the faith? How could this be? Uh, prevented? Is there something that we can do? Um, Because I've seen a lot of different reactions and, uh, and a lot of them have been, um, have been negative in a way that it's the wrong way of thinking. If we're going to keep, if we're going to keep building the body of Christ and we're going to create, um, you know, a powerful, fruitful Christians, we can't be thinking in a certain way. So um, stay tuned for that. And even if you're not a church leader, maybe, you're someone that's sick of religion. You're in church, you know, maybe the church that you go to is very religious, and you're wondering, you know, um, where is God in my life? How come I'm not seeing any answers? How come, uh, you know, I haven't, I don't know where my purpose is. I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again, just this routine life. There has to be more. Where is God? and you know you've been praying and praying and you just don't see him show up in your life and you question your pastor you you've been asking questions and and your church just hasn't been able to answer your questions this is going to be a really great podcast that i think is going to really open your eyes to what's happening spiritually in in our midst right now
1: yeah and you might actually maybe you're someone who has been questioning your faith to the point of maybe thinking just letting it all go and what gave us the idea to do this broadcast like we we always mastermind we're always talking i mean when we're always question, like we always throwing stuff each other's way and discussing these matters because we just love the lord we love his word we love truth and we're always we're, we're always growing together in that direction but one thing that ignited this conversation was when uh, paul maxwell Paul Maxwell, a former Desiring God writer. So Desiring God, for those of you who don't know, is uh, probably one of the most top uh, top-ranking blogs uh, on the uh, on the internet. Christian blogs, where uh, John Piper is a, that's his blog basically, but he hired other writers as well to write for the blog. It's a very popular blog. Whenever you do some research, scriptural research about passages or whatnot. Desiring God always shows up in the top results, so it's a huge deal uh, that uh, Paul Maxwell, what he announced this uh, last week, he's the author of the Trauma of Doctrine, and he has announced that he is no longer a Christian. And I'm going to read to you guys what he wrote on Instagram when he made the announcement. It, it really, it, it's really not the typical. Uh, well, I shouldn't say typical, but you know, there's some people who leave the faith that you kind of saw it coming. You know they they wear skinny jeans and 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 they like fog machines and and they uh, they have tattoos and you're like oh, oh well okay so he loved the faith so no big deal but this guy's like the, the the prototypical uh, theologian scholar the guy you would least expect to, to announce something like that mm-hmm. so here's what he wrote on Instagram he said what I really miss is connection with people and then he continued he said what I've discovered is that I'm ready to connect again so he, he obviously he left he announced he left Christianity and and then he wanted to come back and connect with people on social media. And I, I found this, the next sentence he wrote, very interesting. He said, and I'm kind of ready not to be angry anymore. I thought that was interesting. He wrote, I love you guys. And I love the friendships and support I've built here. And I think it's important to say that I'm just not a Christian anymore. And it feels really good, he added. I'm really happy. I can't wait to discover what kind of connection I can have with all of you beautiful people as I try to figure out what's next. He added, I love you guys. I'm in a really good spot, probably the best spot of my life. I'm so full of joy for the first time. I love my life. And man, you can imagine that he got an avalanche of comments on his uh, uh, post Obviously, a lot came from, uh, <laughs> I should say, religious angry Christians who were telling him he, he's not really happy. He thinks he's happy, but he's not really happy. It's not true. Uh, there were others who were basically just telling him, basically sending him off, off to hell, saying, you're going to hell and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Some were saying you were never saved to begin with. And some were supportive as well. So, so there's all kinds of comments that came from that. So I think it's it's. It's kind of pointless, really, to attack someone like that. Uh, I, I don't see the point, really. Yeah, and
0: and we're not – we're just using this as an example. Oh, yeah, no. Um, there are so many, many people. I mean, there's – I'm
1: not – by the way, I'm not condemning uh, Paul Maxwell here. I'm just observing a trend, and I'm going to name some names, and I'm not condemning them. I'm not throwing the stone or, or whatever I, because, as you'll see later, the, the blame – I'm not putting the blame necessarily on people as much as I'm putting it on uh, the traditions of men, which is referred to in scripture as religion. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're going to see where this is all going, but you want to stick to the end because this is going to be a very powerful broadcast and it's probably going to open the eyes of many, many people, okay? Yeah. So obviously his announcement shocked a lot of people. He's a respected scholar, he's a theologian, he's a respected writer in the Christian community and he announced that, but he's not the only one. Since 2019, there's a lot of big names in the Christendom, and I should say in American Christianity, because there's big names all over the world, but we don't see when we're in America, we're in a bubble. We don't really know the greatest theologians in China. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Right. So in American Christianity, so he, and since 2019, uh, last year, John Steingard, the Canadian Christian rock band uh hawk nelson's uh, lead vocalist so he was the lead vocalist for hawk nelson uh, which is a christian rock band he announced on social media that he said i no longer believe in god explaining to the people that it didn't happen overnight so i'm going to leave it at that i didn't get into each individual but one in particular that I got really got into, I even wrote a blog on our website, if you want to see it. Uh, what did we, when did we title the one? Uh, I'm just going to say his name. Uh, so in 2019, Joshua Harris. So he, for those who don't know him, he was the author years and years ago. My goodness. And what, how old was I? I was probably 22 years old when the book came out. 22. I'm 46. So it was about 25 years ago. He wrote a very, very controversial Christian bestseller which was titled, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. You might still remember the cover. There was a guy, actually Liz, I was shocked when I began dating her, she had the book. And it was a I <laughs> yes, like, I read
0: it. I for, actually enjoyed it. It was like a
1: thorn in my side, that book, because <laughs> when the book came out, I was trying to date because I wanted to find a wife. So uh, and my it, dad
0: gave it to me, like, here,
1: Oh, just
0: dating goodbye, read this. <laughs> just dating
1: goodbye, you need to <laughs> He didn't to read know
0: this. what it was about, but he's like, it's in the Christian bookstore, and it says, "I just dating goodbye, I don't want her to date, so read this.
1: <laughs> so, so the book was, it was a, a double-edged sword. On the one hand, it protected young women from making bad choices, uh, or even young men. On the other hand, it kind of, played against the good guys who really wanted to get married and and, and corp the woman the right way yeah. from having a first date because the girls were like nope, not going to happen I don't date is like uh, okay so
0: I'm going to get to know you in a group setting in a for group life
1: setting but but as a predator I want oh, no, <laughs> I want to isolate my prey but no but the problem was for me it was like I'm a a very um I don't thrive in group settings in group settings i get nervous i'm not always myself i used to clown around a lot so it wasn't the best place for me to get to know a young lady and it, it, I was more the over let's, let's talk over coffee or, or have a, a subway sandwich where we can discuss which this. most
0: introverts are
1: yeah and and for it just didn't work out for me so most of the girls said oh i read this book have you read this book it's a great book and it's telling me not to date you so uh i was kind of very angry at the time at that author uh i didn't know him from adam to be honest i didn't even read his book i was just like i knew what the book was about because i'd read a few blogs that spoke of the book but i just didn't really like it very much (laughs) all this to say anyway so joshua harris the author of that book who later became a pastor and i think he wrote another book after that or one or two more books after that so he had a big you know, a big ministry, and and, then things were, so for many, many years, he uh, did the shocking announcement in 2019. He wrote on Instagram again, it seems like Instagram is the place to go if you want to say announce that you're uh, not following (laughs) Jesus anymore. I guess it's the best place to do it. He wrote, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me that there is a different way to practice faith, and I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. So basically, he that I'm just giving you the short, short version. If you want to read the longer version, go read the blog post I wrote. I think I it, the title was. Uh, There's I, Joshua
0: Harris in the title. I go k- find yeah,
1: I kiss, just write Joshua Harris or I kiss Dating Goodbye, and it's going to show up uh, on Thriving on Purpose. It's a, it was a good blog, and I'm not condemning the, the guy. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the situation and what might have happened for him to make that decision. Which is what we're going to do tonight, too.
0: Yeah. For those of you that don't know our blog, uh, all our podcasts are there and free resources. It's thrivingonpurpose.com. So you can go check that out and see what he's talking about when you go in the blog section.
1: Absolutely. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter because, you know, um, all the regimentation on social media, we never know. I mean, if you want to make sure you stay in contact with us, just uh, subscribe to our newsletter. So another big name that came out saying, hey, I'm no longer a Christian, was former Hillsong singer and songwriter, Marty Sampson. He posted on Instagram again. It's a place to go, really. Time for some real talk. I'm genuinely losing my faith, and it doesn't bother me. So there's all these big names. And, of course, the Christian community, the problem with the Christian community is we tend to put men on pedestals. Uh, our leaders, people who have influence in the Christian community, we tend to, and I've, I've been guilty of this at times too, so I'm not throwing a stone here, but we tend to put men on a pedestal. And we saw this with Ravi Zacharias recently. It's not the same situation, but with what happened with Ravi Zacharias, uh, it, it shook so many people to their core. Some people cried. Some, I saw some YouTube videos where people were commenting that their hero had fallen, basically, and they were crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was that bad. It shouldn't do this to us. It it shouldn't because that's not not healthy spiritually. Because if it affects you that much, it just goes to show that you put too much faith in a human being. Our faith should always be in Jesus Christ and not in human beings. So I just want to put that out there. Mm -hmm. And also, another reason we shouldn't be surprised when this kind of stuff happens, especially now, where we're at in history right now, is because the Bible forewarned us that it would happen. Okay, so in 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 and 19, we read this. Dear children, this is the last hour. Imagine back then he thought it was the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. And then he says this in verse 19. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. So he's talking about people who stopped walking with uh, the the community, the Christian community at the time. So Mm -hmm. they start out walking with them. They might have done profession of faith. Maybe some of them even got baptized, but eventually they'd fall away. They'd, They'd leave. They'd be like, no, you know what? This isn't for me. Because back then, being a Christian meant you were jumping in a hot soup. (laughs) Like you were risking persecution. You were risking all kinds of problems, societal problems. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't for everybody. Like (laughs) today, uh, people, well, maybe not as much today anymore. But it used to be, before this whole COVID thing happened, that if you came to Christ, you weren't risking much in North America. I mean, if you're in North America, Canada, you came to Christ, you weren't risking anything. But back in the day, it was a different story. Furthermore, the Apostle Paul, Paul told us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, from the Amplified Version, so this is from the Amplified Version, now in regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to meet him, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to be quickly unsettled or alarmed either by a so-called prophetic revelation of a spirit or a message or a letter alleged to be from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has already come. Now, verse 3, very important. Let no one in any way deceive or entrap you for that day. So he's talking about (coughs) uh, the, the day of the Lord. That day will not come unless the apostasy comes first. And now they added this in brackets. That is the great rebellion, the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. So that's what the Amplified Version calls the apostasy. Mm-hmm. So the great rebellion or the abandonment of the faith by professed Christians. And then he says, and the man of lawlessness is revealed. So he's saying that these two things must happen before Christ returns. So the great apostasy, great apostasy, and the, the, the man of sin revealed. So the Antichrist revealed. And finally, the Lord Jesus himself. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 13, he said, Jesus, and then many will fall away. So he's talking about the the end times. Okay. Many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. So right there. I won't read the whole thing, but I think that this part about many falling away is again a warning, telling us these things are to be expected. Okay, so we shouldn't be surprised when leaders, Christians, could be your friend. Could be, it doesn't have to be leaders. I mean, there, there's yeah. <laughs> leaders are in the spotlight, so we know when they when they def, when they deflock, when they leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, your friends, someone else, a family member that has been going to church for years. These are are closer. They're they're not necessarily in the spotlight, but you might witness that as well. So, so these big names are the one we, the ones we know about. So there are countless people, countless who leave Christianity, or should I say maybe, churchianity, because yeah, uh, we're and, go- and we're going to get into that. It's not just a leaving of some some really become either backslidden or they completely abandon the faith. That's true. There, There's definitely some of that going on a lot. But there's yeah. also some who leave churchianity, and that's another story. That's not uh, – that's another story. We're going to talk about that later. What did you want to say, Liz? Go ahead.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I mean, there's some that are open about it because, you know, like in this case, the first man we spoke of, he was, you know, actively blogging for a very, very big uh, ministry. A prestigious – So, you know, uh, yeah. it wasn't something that he could hide or, you know, he he – felt that he could he had to mention it openly but at the same time um you know there are a lot of people a lot of christians that live that way without necessarily saying it yeah you know and and it's just like oh i don't have time i have too many things to do i don't want to go to church anymore um just because you know i have just no time with the kids or you know i have to I don't know, I have uh, my shifts change, even if it's not true and I have to go to work or they'll just, you know, not give you a reason. They're just like no shows. Mm-hmm. But basically they still believe in God, but they're just so lukewarm that, you know, it doesn't really matter whether they go to church or not or, you know, live a Christian life or not. It's like become Christianity or God has just become a belief and that's it. You know, I yeah. believe in it and I, it's not going to really affect my life personally. Exactly. So they won't say it openly, but they're not exactly living the Christian life or having a relationship with Christ either.
1: No, exactly. So basically, if these people leave, it doesn't make much of a difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just basically quit going to church. But that doesn't mean they were Christians or that they believed strongly or anything. They they might have been lukewarm or not even have been Christians. And like the saying goes, it's not because you go to church that you're a Christian the same way. It's not because you're at McDonald's that you're a hamburger, right? So George Barna wrote a book a couple of years ago, called it, the, uh, the title is Churchless, Churchless. And the book was about the growing trend of Christians leaving the fold, Christians uh, foregoing church, not going to church anymore. And he wrote an article about the book, and here's what he wrote in the article about the book Churchless. The number of churchless Americans has jumped by nearly one-third in just 20 years. In the early 90s, about two out of ten United States adults were churchless. In the early 2000s, it was three in ten, so about 30 percent. Today, the churchless make up nearly half the adult population. So he saw the growing trend of more and more adults who just quit going to church. And he continued saying, in spite of America's Christian self-description, there is a growing sense among, among North American Christ followers that the culture is changing faster than we can keep up with or respond to. And we're not always sure how to live faithfully in a world that feels like it's headed off the rails. That hasn't been like this. is so much truer today, no. <laughs> especially uh, since yeah. the last couple of years. Not too many years ago, church attendance and basic Bible literacy were the cultural norm. Being a Christian didn't feel like swimming against the cultural current. But now, churchless... That's his book. Confirms that the world has indeed altered in significant ways during the last few decades. Mm-hmm. It's not just your imagination. Real data confirm how drastically the moral, social, and spiritual lives of Americans have changed and are changing. So, George Barna, uh, for those who don't know him, is is a I guess you could call him the the expert stats guy in the Christian realm. Uh, many of his books, when he writes them, uh, are from a standpoint of surveys, surveys among the church, surveys among the population about uh, taking the pulse mm-hmm. of the population concerning God, the Bible, church, and all these things. So he, he oftentimes, he will identify trends and write a book about the trans. So it's always very interesting what he has to write. I have a couple of his books here, very interesting. But one thing that I've noticed recently is with all this happening, there's two things that I've seen to have uh, observed in Christianity, two main uh, trains of thought among Christendom. On the one hand, you have the people who say, this is the great apostasy. It's happening right now. People are leaving the faith. This is it. But on the other hand, you have people saying, no, we're seeing a great revival. Ever since COVID hit, it's been so hard on a lot of people that they started seeking God They started seeking answers and there's pockets of revival a little everywhere around the world, but a lot in North America as well, where it seems that through that more people are coming to Christ than ever. And I've heard many pastors confirm that they've baptized more people in the last year than they've had in the previous 10 or 20 years of their ministry. So there's an undeniable trend when it comes to seeing revival happen. Now, is it possible, and and that's a rhetorical question, is it possible that God can do two things at once? That on the one hand, there can be people who, for some reason, are just finding Christianity irrelevant and leaving. And on the other hand, God is actually igniting hearts into coming to him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And of course God is capable of that. It, it is not something that is outside of what he can do. And I think that's what we're observing right now. We're seeing that, we're seeing that happen at, uh, at the same time and I think that's why, partly there is so much confusion in the church right now. The church is completely confused. Uh, uh, we are uh, tearing each other apart for differences in beliefs. So you, for example, just just through this, I've seen so countless videos that people are like it's a great revival happening and they're excited and then there's you just go on another YouTube channel there's a guy saying don't believe those who say there's a great revival it's the great apostasy and I have stats to prove it now who's right
0: mm-hmm.
1: well could it be that they're both right <laughs> could it be that actually both are kind of happening at the same time uh, god is exposing He's exposing hearts right now. There's a lot of exposure happening. Uh, leaders falling. I mean, like, again, I'm, I'm not going to go in detail here. I'm not going to, I don't want to bash him or I don't want, but Ravi Zacharias was a huge deal. Yeah.
0: And if, and, you, didn't and was see, just, uh, if you didn't see the prophetic dream that uh, Sebastian had uh, about uh, yes. leaders falling, you want to go to our YouTube channel and search thriving on purpose Oh yeah, and uh, look for that title of. Uh, I think it's called uh, leaders, leaders will, fall. will fall. Leaders
1: will fall. It was a And he a dual, describes
0: the dream that he had. It was a leaders. dual
1: prophetic dream, a dream that I had in like in two parts that kind of meshed together. And I, I share this dream and you got to go see that video. It's really powerful. It's about leaders falling. So, uh, so
0: exactly. So all this to say is that we're going to see this happen. Um, unfortunately, there's going to be others. Yeah. So it's really important to not be bashing other people, um, other believers, and you know, we we had an experience years ago uh, when our daughter passed away, where we started questioning a lot of things. It's like when you live uh, through a, a big trial like that, yeah. you you question God, you question your surroundings, you, ch- you question your family, yeah. their reactions, how people treat you, your yeah. your friendships. You know, are they? Um, worth your time, because all of a sudden everything takes a, a different lens and everything takes a different perspective. And you only want to um, surround yourself with love and with people that are going to uplift you and help you. And that's when you realize this. it's really hard to find. And and um, and at the same time, it's like the Lord used this situation that we were going through to kind of clean up the dirt, the the people that weren't serving us, Uh, we saw a lot of true colors in this, we saw a lot of um, religion, a lot of religious beliefs Mm -hmm. uh, concerning, um, you know, why does God let this happen? Why does, um, you know, why did this happen to us? And a lot of uh, negative feedback. And that's when we sort of started seeing that, you know, a lot of people um, are very religious and brainwashed in a certain way of thinking. And it's not even something that um, you know a scriptural it's just stuff that they hear the pastor say or kind of justify these things from happening so it must be this it must be that and none of it is founded on biblical truth
1: it's like theological gymnastics to make the situation fit your understanding of Some scripture kind of understanding. because when you don't understand you gotta it has to fit or else you go bonkers right you're gonna yeah you, know, you start tilting tilt tilt and you don't want to go instead there instead of
0: just telling the person you know i really don't understand why this happened it's like they try to find answers and a lot of it is just completely twisted and just makes you see god in a in a bad relationship kind of way like you know why would he do this to me kind yeah. of thing right and um and so we we basically were eye open to the religious spirit we didn't know what it was like we didn't know we didn't what even know it had it. a name but it was, you know, opening our eyes into religion and, and how men can think and traditions and uh, and and, um, you know, false ways of thinking towards towards God, who is always good. Yeah. And we were like, OK, this there's just something wrong here. And so we took a step back and we we actually did stop going to church. And yeah. we needed that because we needed to to just breathe and and put everything into perspective and um you know work on our relationship with Christ and and that's what we did and we we just you know took a a good breather and just basically went back to the basics of a re- relationship with God what we did know of God yeah. and in our bible and the truth that we were reading and not what men was telling us not what religion was telling us not what the guy in the front and and the association does or says, or what we should do with this and that it was nothing that it was just the truth. And, you know, we just wanted to see God and know the truth in all things. And that was the, the biggest prayer that we had was, you know, we're in this tsunami that we felt like we were going through, help us Lord to get through this time and give us strength and, and it all of that brought us closer, even together, and closer in our relationship with God. And um, and so all this to say is that sometimes you know God can get push people out of of a religious environment because not everybody is in a, a good spirit filled church. Some people are in a church where mm-hmm. it's very religious, it's very traditionalistic. There's no Holy Spirit involved. It's all man trying to please God by doing man-made things that they think is going to please God, but you don't feel anything else in there. There's no real relationship uh, that you're having with the Holy Spirit, with, with the Lord. And um, anyway, and and so it's an empty cycle that goes around and around. So a lot of people are in this kind of environment. They're like, you know what, this is not working. Like I'm going through this hard time and, and I, I just, not feeling God. I'm not feeling his presence. This is so dry. This, this teaching over and over again at church is just like the same thing. I know what he's going to say every Sunday. It's the same kind of thing. And I'm not growing. I feel like a a tree that's withering and dying. And so so a lot of people feel this way. And so it's like the, the Holy Spirit, um, because you're kind of like discontent and you're waking up, it's like the Holy spirit is kind of nudging you to wake up and go like, this is not working. It's not serving me. But see, the thing is that uh, when you get to this point, you have to thirst for more and, and, and ask for more from God and he will lead you Mm -hmm. to, you know, that content, that information that you need um, that Bible verse, you know, seeking more of him. And that's what we did. You know, we, we dug more instead of saying like, let's get spoon fed by Christianity and by men every Sunday. Let's, dig in and find out for our, ourselves right yeah
1: well and, the, and there's no better way to know if your mm-hmm. faith is true than to basically cut off all the uh, exterior faith feeding things that you think you need that you and what in other words when you go in the desert with alone with god that's when you find out what you're made of if your heart is true if you're really yeah. walking with him or if this was all an experience or a religious experience. yeah. And when you're in the desert alone with God and you got nobody you, you, all we had was each other and God and you don't have a church system around you and, and you're like, okay, so now we want you, we, we just want you. We don't want any, you know, music or there's nothing, there's nothing. There's no Sunday morning. There's not, it's just us and you. And show us the truth in all things. Help us, guide us, accompany us through this grief, and and make us understand Your ways. And basically, uh, we we it, it took us on a one heck of a journey, right, Liz? Yeah. Uh, uh, many years, but we were brought to many different stations, many different levels of truth with God, and He blessed us across all this during this journey. Where he really showed us his loving hand his loving heart and uh, made us know him in a very intimate way without any prior uh you know what yoda in star wars when he says you must unlearn what you have learned yeah well that's kind of what happened to us like when you get out of a under a religious spirit and i'm not saying all churches like i'm not saying leave your church that's not what i'm saying because there's churches are spirit-filled they're wonderful and they really offer that support and that, that sound doctrine that you need. There's other churches, not so much. There's a lot of religion in it. But so when you leave on, from under that and you get to know God only through the scripture and, and your relationship with him, you, 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 there's a lot of things that get unraveled in your mind because there's a lot of knots. Religious uh, The religious spirit and religion can cause a lot of knots in your mind where you get all twisted and uh, you develop perverse thinking, and so uh, it was a blessing to us to get to know God that way, to get to know Him intimately in the desert, with nothing but His manna, and uh, to get to, basically we got to re-know Him.
0: Yeah, and it it brought us to a lot of spiritual truths. Also, we you know He led us to a lot of different teachers that we're opening our eyes to different things in the Bible that were true as well. But we had never seen it that way because we're always taught the same kind of way of thinking about certain things. And even if the pastor didn't have the answers, they kind of, you know, tried to brush it off. And, and so then you would, you would get into these other teachings and it would open your eyes and say, wow, you know, okay, I never saw it that way. So yeah. we, we would learn, it was like a journey of discovering the truths that, that God wanted to show us in the Bible and uh and and you know and then we we he led us to uh, a lot of the the kingdom of god teachings and learning about the kingdom of god and that was a huge eye-opener for us because that really made us see the bible in a new lens um we understood you know the real mission of jesus why he came here on earth um you know it was about salvation but a lot more that he came to to give us when he died on the cross and. And uh, so many spiritual truths that were there that it really made um, him come alive in our lives uh, in a really personal way of how we understood uh, partnership, sonship, um, kingdom authority and identity and all that. It was just so wonderful to experience that. And I think that for so many believers that are missing out on so many of these truths, um, they're they're questioning you know they're like well this this can't be like why i'm i'm here on earth like this yeah. can't be my reality just to follow these traditions and please man and not uh, and all these lists of don't do's and don't do's and you know it, it just doesn't make sense to them eventually
1: yeah and, and that's what i sense from uh paul maxwell's uh message on instagram is that um when you read it you're like He really It really seems like he was very depressed before he left Christianity. Mm
0: -hmm. They
1: call it leaving Christianity, but, you know, it's churchianity.
0: Yeah.
1: And so there's a big difference, and and we're going to get into that. Actually, I want to get into it now. So as I was saying earlier, I believe that God is really doing both at the same time. I believe we are living in the end times. There's going to be a great apostasy, but at the same time, God's going to do incredible things. Uh, there's going to be people coming to Christ. There's going to be people coming. There's going to be revival. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very, uh, like, uh, that's why the church is so confused right now. It's like, because we seem to be living that, on, yeah, on both but things. But that's what both I was saying, is that the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Wait, wait, uh, okay, go. The,
0: the Holy <laughs> Spirit. Sorry, I didn't want to. I just want to explain I'll, You're this,
1: interrupting the flow. <laughs> the,
0: the Holy Spirit has to um, kind of shake up what's dead in dead re- religion. Yeah. Okay yes. we've heard we've heard a lot of prophecies of the Lord being unple- uh, very unpleased with a lot of leaders and how they've led the church because a lot of them have been under the spirit of religion and it's not serving the body of Christ, Never. and especially Never. with with uh, Satan and the devil amping up things as you can see very well in our governments, um, amping up things. Like where does the body of Christ fit in there? If they're like blinded in religion and they don't even have a a healthy relationship with Christ, they're not fruitful Christians. How are we, how are they supposed to survive the end times? You know? So the Holy spirit is like trying to wake up and ignite and get people to shake them up in all kinds of ways. And that's why we're seeing a lot of this is that I think even for this guy, it's the beginning of a journey. He doesn't know it yet, but it's the beginning of a journey oh, that yeah. the Lord is going to bring him on like, because, you know, oftentimes that's what happens. People, you know, if they were, if they had a real conversion in their heart and they really like genuinely believe in Jesus Christ as their personal savior, uh, Jesus has them in their hand, even if they feel like oh, nothing this will separate them from the, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to end up coming to know him as yeah. in a relationship and not, the religion, the the tradition. Yeah, thing. and I and
1: and that's the thing that's kind of ca- a common thread. When someone is under the, the yoke of religion, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But when someone's under the ro- yoke of religion and they leave, <coughs> one of the first feelings they feel is happiness because they, they feel like the burden's off now, and, mm-hmm. and they're like, "I'm so happy! I've never been so happy." Something must be wrong it's with the me. The control because because then, then you get the guilt or or the mm-hmm. questioning because you're like, "Well, I left the faith." but I'm happy. How is that even possible? Because I've been told all these years that joy, true joy is only found in Christ and only found as a Christian. And so how, and they, they, then the questioning really starts. And eventually if you keep pushing and pushing and asking and seeking God, you get to the point where you realize, okay, I, I was, mm-hmm. I was in religion. That's why I was so miserable. I, I was not in relationship anyway. So yeah. now, now we get to the point where we need to talk about the six reasons People, the top six reasons, there's, there might be more. The top six reasons why people are leaving Christianity. Number one, very simple, very straight to the point. They haven't found what they're looking for. They haven't found what they're looking for. And what they're looking for is, drum roll. Say it already. <laughs> the kingdom of God. Every single, per- every single human being seeks the kingdom of God, whether knowingly or not. Yeah, You know, when you say, we've heard that probably thousands of times, there's a void in our heart that only Jesus can fill. Yes, that only a true relationship with the king and an understanding and a seeking of his kingdom can fill. Now, Satan is very smart. That's why he invented religion. Religion is Satan's counterfeit kingdom of God. And a lot of people who find religion, they think, this is it. I found it. And then they pitch their tent there and they become miserable, depressed, joyless, fruitless. Uh, and then they end up leaving. Eventually, maybe they can. Some don't end up leaving. And those are the grouchy people that, that, that you meet that you're like, wow, they're Bible thumpers. He keeps thumping me with Bible verses. And he seems so miserable. And he tells me that I need to convert to Jesus Christ. Why is that? I don't want to convert to his God. He seems miserable. You've, you've met those Christians, right? I've met them too. Okay. So church is never the answer. Jesus and the kingdom of God are the answer we seek. Uh, And here's what I found. There's a trend of those who who haven't found what they're looking for, who end up leaving because they haven't found what they're looking for. Many of them are men. Many of them are, look, the, the people I named in the beginning, the names I gave, all men, influential men, men you don't hear as many women who abandon the faith. It's true, right, Liz? I mean, I don't yeah. I don't recall reading an article recently in the last couple of years where it was a big name woman who left the faith. And there's a reason for that. Because the church, now I'm going to ruffle some feathers. Are you ready? The church has become effeminized. The church has become effeminized. And for many men, this is something that they cannot relate with, and they end up leaving as a result. And uh, someone wrote a great book, I forget his name, I wrote a blog about that too, uh, Why Men Hate Going to Church. Why, I forget the name of the author. Why Men Hate Going to Church. And in his book, he addresses that particular aspect. And it's it was really a big deal. Uh, when he goes into it, because he, explain, he explains that 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 many many things that we do in our Sunday services and the way we run our churches today, uh, and the way we do church and the way we play church, is very feminized. Sunday school is very very nurturing for for children. The music we, we we play in church, and as a man, I can tell you, and, and I, I know if there's men listening to this broadcast right now, and I know there are men listening to, because we've looked at the stats. When you're in church, and you start singing songs about Jesus, Lover of my soul, or uh, Love me, Jesus, hold me close, and stuff like that, don't you get uncomfortable? Kind of like that's not the like eh, eh, it's not the Jesus. I kind of I kind of like the the rougher, more tumble. You know, uh, the, the Jesus that made a whip and and chased the the money changers off the temple. I, I kind of like that guy. Can I can I have him in song? And and mm-hmm. these so these as men we like the warrior Jesus. We like the the, the, uh, the uh, you know the, the the Jesus who was a carpenter who had a hammer like think that, that burly more more uh, manly guy. The the God the the Son of God. You know, and so we don't like the hippie Jesus having. Uh, you know little children and and, and okay no, don't get me wrong we love the fact that Jesus loved the children because that's part of who we are as good men of god we also love children okay but what i mean is we don't like seeing the image of a
0: the, the I, balance why don't you say a balance is that it's too, we want our we want to identify to the we want to
1: identify to our savior as a man yeah because we know he was a man right so when we 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 do church a certain way, and also there's so many sermons about, uh, and there's nothing wrong, with, like we need to hear about the love of God, obviously. Obviously we need, but, but as men, we also like, personally, I mean, growing up, I love to read in the Bible that he was Yahweh Sabaoth, the, the Lord of armies. That is kind of like the daddy that, you know, when you're a kid, when you're a boy, uh, you 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 have these conversations with other boys. You know, like, my dad can beat up your dad. If you notice, you, you never say my dad can outlove your dad any day. <laughs> like as little kids, we don't care about that. That is not. We just want to know that our dad is the strongest one there is. And and that's what we as men we we kind of miss in church. We don't feel like sometimes there's going to be sermons here and there that are going to remind us of that. Thank God. But that's, I think, the crux of the book, why he wrote it, the guy who wrote uh, Why Men Hate Going to Church, it had to do a lot with that. The effeminized church and the way we do church and the songs we sing in church uh, put off a lot of men. And I've met some of these men. See, I'm I'm like 5'8", 160, wet, you know. Uh, (laughs) I'm not a burly guy, but I've met some burly men who Uh, Had abandoned church, who had stopped going to church, and and I wanted to pick their brains and I and I talked to them, and oftentimes whether they didn't even know it themselves, it's like they couldn't put their finger on it. They just said, "I was boring. I didn't relate." And what they were saying is like,
0: "Didn't see how it." it I didn't as a it didn't it didn't
1: call to me Mm -hmm. as a male. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I didn't feel like I could relate much to what was being said, to what was being done Mm -hmm. on a regular basis, because men want to feel that they're contributing. So when you go to church Sunday after Sunday, after Sunday, and you're just sitting in a pew and there's one guy in front with maybe the, the, the worship leaders that are doing something and you are just like sitting there, unless your pastor is really, really good at delivering sermons that will speak to the hearts of men, which is not always the case. Some of them are good at that. Others, Not so much. I mean, when I hear Joel Osteen, I'm sorry, I just, I don't feel like this is calling to me as a man. You know, there's other preachers that you when they have, they bring it, they bring it. So they they appeal to both. And see the women are more spiritual than men in general. That's another thing that the people forget. Women, uh, and it's a double-edged sword, it serves them when they're uh, full on for Jesus. When they're not, they can be more easily deceived. That's why there's more women falling for the new age or for witchcraft than men. But they have a, more, a deeper spiritual nature. So for women, they, they connect more easily with the, the way we do church. And since the way we do church is very effeminized, women love going, well, love, usually love going to church more than men will. So that's the thing. So I don't, I don't wanna uh, go on and on and on about that, but I wanted to mention that because I think it's, It's an important thing to mention. And Miles Monroe, speaking of, you know, in the beginning when I said that uh, basically they stopped attending church because they have not found what they're looking for. Well, Miles Monroe said this. He says, when man fell from grace, he lost a kingdom, not a religion. He lost dominion over the earth. He did not lose heaven. And yet in our theology, oftentimes it feels like that's what we lost, right? the way it's explained and here's what he says he continued saying this therefore mankind's search is for a is not for a religion or for heaven but for his kingdom mm-hmm. mankind's deepest search is not for a religion not even for heaven but for his kingdom because we we lost what when we fell, we fell from dominion, and when Jesus came, He brought it back for us in such a major way. So when you don't understand that aspect, it can it can really badly disappoint you with church and Christianity. So that's number one. Number two. The number two reason why Christians, uh, not Christians, but people leave. Christianity, they got hurt by their church. And I wrote in parenthesis, Christians caused me pain. And that is very common. A lot of people have been hurt by religion, by small c church. And and that is understandable because it's the traditions of men. It's the doctrines of men. That's what Jesus accused the Pharisees of. And guess what? We haven't gotten rid of that. It's a bad thing to keep but we kept we, we held on to it unfortunately.
0: And because they don't understand uh, the kingdom of God in depth and a lot of the the truths of the Bible, there's a lot of things that they justify us and it becomes perverse thinking. so uh, no ah, that's
1: that's point three. Th- so let's not go there just yet. okay I want to fish <laughs> you're good she's good at that. she anticipates my points almost <laughs> every week. <laughs> but so they got hurt by their church or by people in their church. And that's understandable because when we're believers, we come together. And I often, often say this, we're like porcupines. And when you are full of porcupines getting together, you're going to prick one another. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun. Because why? Because we're sinners. We're imperfect. So there's, there's um, all kinds of reasons why people will hurt you in church. Oftentimes when you join a church, you're already hurting. You're already hurt, you have a past, you're carrying some stuff, and sometimes you're hoping that this will offer you solutions, and you're looking to man to fix it. And when you look to man to fix it, oh big mistake there. And that's oftentimes when you get hurt in church. So, what ends up happening? You get hurt by people in church. You're like, you know what? It hurts too much to be here. I'm I'm out of here. That's another reason. Okay. So number three, we're getting there. Number three. The number three reason why people end up leaving Christianity, they are victims of perverse thinking, perverse thinking. And this term, perverse thinking, came, uh, comes from Jesus when uh, you remember that account in the Gospels where uh there's this man who comes to Jesus. It says, please, Lord Jesus, help my son. There's a demon tormenting him. He's throwing him in the, in the fire, throwing him in the water, trying to kill him. Your disciples have tried to cast out this demon, but they couldn't. So I'm coming to you now. And you would think Jesus, compassionate as he was, would go like, of course, yes, I will help you, poor man. No, he says something that shocks us when we read it. He goes like, you perverse and uh, faithless generation, something like that. How long will I have to be with you? (laughs) you like, what? Say, what? And when you understand what happened, and when you you look through the passage, we're not going to do that tonight, but when you look through the whole thing, you understand that Jesus equates lack of faith with perverse thinking. And what is perverse thinking? Well, perverse thinking is crooked thinking. It's a bad understanding, a misunderstanding. It's a, uh, a wrongheadedness. You're wrongheaded. You, you don't get it. And perverse, uh, perverse thinking, unfortunately, comes from bad theology, um, bad teaching, false doctrines. And the, see, the problem with false doctrines is that when you're under a false doctrine or when you're taught from a, a pastor who is teaching from a false doctrine, you don't know. In other words, when you're deceived, you don't know you're being deceived.
0: Because Because the pastor
1: himself doesn't know he's being deceived, because he's been taught that he's been taught that by more learned than he, and the more learned than he were taught that by more learned than them, Mm -hmm. and they are all convinced that like the trickle effect goes down, they are all convinced that this is the truth, and of course the lower down the rung you go, and the higher up you look, you look well, all of these great men came before Pastor John in front, therefore. It has to be true. And that is how perverse thinking gets a hold of people. Now, perverse thinking thinking comes through, like I said, false doctrines. And false doctrines, what they do is they distort, they distort the understanding of God, who he is, his attentions, and how he operates. Okay? So when you don't understand these things well, it ends up, affecting your faith. And that is what happened when, when you, when your faith, when you have a lack of faith, you'll notice it's not, here's the thing, I'm going to tell you a big truth here. When we lack faith, we don't lack faith that God can. We lack faith that he wants to. Ooh, Think about that. When we don't have enough faith, when we say something like, when we pray something along the lines of, Lord, if it be your will, please heal my wife, son, whatever, of cancer. Just that type of prayer shows perverse thinking. How so? What you said, Lord, if it be your will, why wouldn't it be his will? Why on earth would God say, no, 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 it's my will that he dies of cancer? Why? See, God is love. And the problem we have in the church most of the time is that we think our love is superior to God's love. That's another bomb. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you have enough love that you would, if you could, heal the person, why wouldn't God, who is so much more loving than you or me or anybody, so there's, I'm just giving you one example, but there's many, many ways perverse thinking can manifest doctrinally, can manifest in your life. So what am I getting at? Well, here's what happens. In the long run, perverse thinking about God makes you see God as not who he is. And if you don't see him as who, as really who he is, if you see him as someone else, or, or, or you, you have a misconception of who he is, you can end up being disappointed with him and then leaving the church. Disappointment with God has led many millions down the path to atheism, agnosticism, and all of these came from perverse thinking. One name comes above all names uh, right now as I'm saying this, Bart D. Ehrman. One of the top theologians in the world, OK? One of the top theologians, he's written many, many books about uh, the origins of the New Testament. He's a New Testament scholar
0: mm-hmm.
1: who specializes in ancient texts. But guess what? He is an agnostic. Why is he an agnostic? And yet I've, I've read, I have two or three of his books here. I've read them. I actually enjoyed them. I didn't agree with everything he said, but I, I really enjoyed them because he's a good writer and he bring, he makes some good points. But what happened to make him become an agnostic? Well, it's very simple. It's funny. He actually had a uh, new birth conversion uh, before, like in in the early years of it, when he went to college. He converted, he had a a born again experience. He even married, his wife actually is evangelical, which is, I don't know if she still is. I don't even know if he's still with her. I think they might've divorced. But uh, so for the longest time, he was married to this uh, lovely Christian woman. And he himself said, no, I'm an agnostic, and here's why. Because the deeper I studied this, the more I I, I saw this, and the more I saw that, the more I couldn't reconcile what I was learning with a loving God who would allow the world to get out so out of control, would allow people to get sick, people to die tragically, children to be mistreated. He said, I didn't want to serve that kind of God. Now, what was... Bart Ehrman missing is he didn't understand that God cannot break his word. So what does that mean? Well, God in Genesis, first chapter, he says, let us create man in our own image and let them have dominion. From the get-go that set the tone for the whole rest of the story. If you don't understand that verse in Genesis 1, Verses 26 to 28, that that couple of verses, there's no hope for you. (laughs) There is hope for you, but you need to understand that. You need to understand that because as soon as God said, let them have dominion, what did he do? He backed away. He was like, they're in charge now of this realm. I love these creatures, this new creation. I love them so much. I want them to have dominion of this amazing new realm. Mm -hmm. He never recanted from that. He said it once, he's God. Now, once he did that, well, guess what? As long as man didn't sin, it was perfect. It was amazing. It was great. But when man sinned, boom, that's when it really started going downhill. Because from that point on, we still had dominion, but now creation was broken. We were broken. Everything was broken. So God needed to come back to come, to, to come in, the, in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ to uh, fix, to bring bring back, give man back his dominion, which he had lost to the devil back then. Yeah. But the point is, if you don't understand all this, how fallenness happened and how illness and death and, and, and suffering and children being mistreated, all these things are not his will. Now, if you have perverse thinking, you think, why is he letting that happen? He, he's not really, it's just he's so perfect, so just, so holy, that he will never break his word. And his word said, let them have dominion. Whew. We need him, of course. Uh, we needed him when he came the first time. We're in big need of him coming back a second time. So we were uh, basically, what he came to do the first time, he, he gave us back dominion and authority. But, although we are born again our spirit is made new and made perfect we still have our soul which is not regenerated and our body which is not regenerated as so as a result our spirit man is always fighting with our soul and our body and as such we're still wrestling with imperfection right until he comes back and restores all things all things but i, I don't want to get too far in that so all this to say that perverse thinking has led so many people to say, I cannot serve this God that makes no sense to me. Because a lot of people think he's causing all this, or that he's not caring about all this. And they end up in perverse thinking, lack of faith, name it, and they end up leaving. Okay, number four. Anything you wanted to add to that, Liz? I I, (laughs) I know I've been going on and on and on. Anything you wanted to add to that? Because I know Um, that's that's something that that you... uh, identify with that.
0: No, I mean, I think you really went in depth, but I, I would say that I think that when you dive deep into the kingdom purpose of man, and you really understand the kingdom of God, um, it really takes a new flavor into, you know, where, where we partner with God, how do we work with God in here on earth? And how does the kingdom of, of heaven work in our, in in our myths, you know, and I think that for me, that was a real big eye opener because I think that when you don't understand that there's a lot of perverse thinking involved because you don't really believe that God is good all the time. There's a lot of things that are conflicting in your mind. Um, When you're just taught religion, you, you don't understand like your purpose. You don't understand why God really fully created you. You just think that, oh, well, you're supposed to go and, you know, talk to other people about, uh, Christ and get them saved and that's your mission here on earth and then you die and then you go to heaven like that that's basically it you know that's all you think so um and there's so much more God came to restore so much more in our in our lives and so when we work um you know with the Holy Spirit and with the Lord and and find your kingdom assignment your kingdom purpose um that re- that's really when you become alive and so that perverse thinking doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. In the sense that it has to completely, you completely renew your mind by thinking kingdom thoughts and the way God thinks and understanding these truths uh, and and applying kingdom faith in your life. That makes a total different total difference. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it, it really opened my eyes. And there's so much I understood differently than what I was taught in a church that was just about religion and it was just about control and everything they understood about about the word of god um it's like it's sort of like when you look through a different lens yes you just see what you want to see in the bible so if you just want to see you know the 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 disciplined side of god and the yeah. authoritarian side of god and the, the we shall do this and not this and this and this and this and, this. and if we you know you know almost like God's not a human, he's almost like a tyrant and that well he's not we a human
1: he's not a human but that's <laughs>
0: but yeah well like as if he didn't as come is as is Jesus is a, yeah. and he doesn't understand us you know or yeah um that we're we're like not it's not okay for us to sin ever like you have to be perfect yeah like, all the time perfect mm-hmm. and you know it takes away this human side of, of Jesus that understands Um, our humanity and and that's why he came you know that's why he died on the cross for our sins because he didn't want us to perish because he loved us so much
1: kinsman redeemer kinsman redeemer
0: yeah exactly and so when you see the bible and you see the words of god in a kingdom lens in a different eye different lens you're looking for different things in scripture um, you understand you know more of your mission here on earth and that, that there's a lot to do here on earth and that there's a lot to partner with the Holy Spirit and with, with God uh, to be done, you know, to, to pr- prepare people for the end times and to be victorious and to not um, let, you know, to take back our territory and not let the enemy squish us basically and mm. make us uh, yeah. vulnerable. And so all these things, you know, um, I think that if a lot of believers understood a lot of this, they wouldn't be you know, bored in church, they wouldn't be, um, feeling, you know, feeling no joy, feeling, like, feeling like no Paul joy. Maxwell feeling saying, feeling basically I've never been this happy. Exactly. Cause he felt purposeless. He was under probably control because most people that are in a religious church feel controlled. They feel like they can't have any thoughts, any, um, any, anything that is, you know, outside of the, what outside the
1: box, literally outside
0: of the box or that, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's giving them ideas of certain things in their personal walk and then they want to share it and it's like no 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 that doesn't fit in our in our way of doing things or you know no we can't do this and and so they feel controlled they feel like okay i can't breathe i have to just follow follow the yep. perfect christian mold here and everybody it's like you know that movie the stepford wives that we saw like yeah. a few years ago it's like everybody has to be this perfect clone copy yes. of what they think christianity should look like yeah and so, and so I think that a lot of you know what we discussed, I think could be solved, um, whether they get backslidden, whether they leave because they're tired of feeling re- religion control, whether they're deceived and you know, like relationships are there, right? There's it's not because a person's a Christian at church that he's not gonna disappoint you. People are humans. Yeah. Um, you know, there are people, unfortunately, that hurt other people and some people don't wanna do that, but it's just, you know. There's all kinds of people like, you know, it's yeah. not because they know Jesus that they're perfect. So uh, that's just a reality. But when you're in a church setting, you get to know people more. And it's like people feel like they ha- they can get into your life more and 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 tell you more what to do and this and that. And and anyway, so sometimes you can get hurt by relationships and it's just part of life. That it, happens part, everywhere, yeah, right? It's
1: part of the deal, right? Uh, so so they are like I said, number three, they, they were victims of perverse thinking. In other words, God caused me pain. I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Number four, the number four reason why people leave Christianity. They were shown the door. Or as Kenneth Hagen said, they were shown, they were given the left foot of fellowship. <laughs> and, and I've heard um uh, some of these stories. There, there's two, there's there's two sides to that. So Obviously, there's some people who are uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, who didn't have a genuine conversion, and they're troublemakers. They need to be shown the door, obviously. So we're not going to talk about those. We're going to talk about the other type of people. And and, and these other types sometimes uh, are very sincere believers who happen to be in a certain denomination. And because they have embraced certain types of beliefs, which do not align with their denomination, they are put under discipline. And that's when they're shown, eventually, if they don't come back to thinking like the denomination they're in, that's when they're shown the left foot of fellowship. And I've heard uh, test, many testimonies actually across the years of like uh, like sincere, like sincere and deep and knowledgeable believers mm-hmm. who, because they didn't adhere to a certain doctrine, or, or or believe or express the same uh, gifts as what was uh, being accepted in the church. For example, if you're in a very, very, very conservative church and you start speaking in tongues, uh, they're going to look at you weird. They might even think you're demon-possessed and you might actually get the left foot of <laughs> fellowship. That's as simple as that. I mean, that's the closest example I can give you. But the, the, you see where I'm going with this. So uh, obviously, if you don't fit the mold of the box that you're in, they're going to show you the foot of leadership. So obviously when that happens, you 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 may end up leaving what is called Christianity. But it's more like in this particular situation, it's more like you you were shown the door from church unity. So that might be a blessing in disguise, really. I mean, it, for many of them, it, it has been. Because that's uh, I, I've heard actually some stories of, of such believers who were so on fire with the Holy Ghost that they just didn't fit in, that type of place. And when they were shown the left foot of fellowship, they had no choice but to go look for another place or another church to worship with, other other group of believers. And that's when their gifts really uh, came into being and they they became very influential in the body of Christ. Uh, They became, uh, in French, French word, épanoui. How do we say this um, in English? Um,
0: Overjoyed.
1: They, they really started like really like felt freely uh, finding their own,
0: free.
1: becoming into the coming into their own mm-hmm. in a great way, and God really began using them powerfully after that. So it's kind of funny, but it does happen uh, for some people. So they were shown the door, basically the left foot of fellowship. Number five, reason why people leave Christianity, and this is gonna this is gonna strike you as weird or odd. But we got to bring it out there. And we did mention it. We did go on quite a bit about this. But we need to kind of bring it in. They yearn for more of God. What? Say what? Yes. Some people end up leaving Christianity or churchianity, I should say.
0: Yeah.
1: Because they yearn for more of God. So these are called the out-of-church Christians, uh, the churchless Christians. uh, churchless Christianity—that's a term I've seen on uh, when I did my research. Churchless Christianity. When uh, I first started studying this phenomenon, uh, maybe I don't know, geez, fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago, just about maybe, because I, I was curious. Because as I was undergoing the same thing, I was like, something must be wrong with me. Why? Why did I leave my church? Why did I leave, quote unquote? Christianity. I didn't I hadn't left Christianity. I still have profound faith in God and and a strong relationship with him, but I wasn't I felt called out. So I was questioning that. I was questioning my sanity. I was questioning my not my salvation, never did that. Never questioned my salvation, but I was questioning my motives. I wanted to understand what I was going through. I wanted to understand if there were other people going through the same thing. So what I ended up doing is I started researching and buying books about that. And I found many books. Uh, one of which is Revolution by George Barna, whom I mentioned in the beginning of this broadcast. So the book Revolution is basically George Barna started noticing that trend, people leaving the church. Uh, That was back in 2006, I think. Yeah, 2006. So he was like, I got to document this. This is very interesting. And as he started documenting it and interviewing uh, people who did that, he started noticing a very interesting trend. He was like, whoa, wait a minute. These aren't black backslidden uh, Christians. They're not people who are, uh, I want nothing to do with God anymore. It's kind of the opposite. And he found that very interesting. He <laughs> called it a revolution because he says, these people are not leaving church because they don't want nothing to do with God anymore. They're leaving church because they want more of God. He was like, whoa, that's weird. And another one, another one who actually abounded in the same uh, sense, was Andrew Strom. He's an Australian revivalist, Andrew Strom, powerful man of God. He wrote the book, The Out-of-Church Christians, in which he documented all the emails he got across uh, many, many years of people who felt led out of church by God for a season at least, uh, and, and where they had to experience more of God. Hmm. So Andrew Strom started uh, writing and documenting all these emails and letters he got because he found that fascinating. And he published them in the form of a book. Fascinating read because they're actually letters and emails from Christians uh, who are telling their stories, their own personal accounts. So that's something you might want to look into. Uh, So a very good uh, book. Another one here that I have written by Kelly Bean. Let me see if we can see the cover. How to Be a Christian Without Going to Church. Very well researched. Also, a very good book. Uh, I didn't get all the way through it. But uh, basically, she uh, identified similar things. That it's very possible to have a dynamic relationship with God, to make an impact in your community, to uh, uh, worship God, to walk with God, and to not be part of a, quote-unquote, church like in the traditional sense. And uh, Frank Viola, who addressed, uh, another, <laughs> Frank Viola with George Barna teamed up. They wrote this book, and that that book's a bomb. I got to warn you guys, if you, if you go and, and buy that book, you're going to see this is a bomb. Pagan Christianity, pagan Christianity. We were talking earlier about false doctrines and how they can give you a perverse view of God perverse thinking, induce perverse thinking. Well, in this amazing book, Viola and Barna teamed up, and they what I love the most about the book is that they they it's one shocking thing after another, but instead of just giving you a shocking thing about the way we do church and how it's pagan at its root, because that's the whole goal of the book, they basically take the typical Sunday service in order, everything we do on a typical Sunday, or the way we do church, And they look at the roots of where it came from and why it's done this way. And much of it is pagan. Much of it came from pagan uh, ways of doing things. And he doesn't just say that this is pagan. No. He says, okay, when we do this uh, this way, it's pagan, and here's why. And then he documents with notes, like research notes upon notes upon notes from uh, encyclopedias, early church father libraries. I mean, a a ton of uh, uh, references. That are gonna blow your mind. So, in other words, he doesn't just give you, uh, "This is pagan," and, mm-hmm. and, and 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 no, that's the way I w- probably would have written it, and it would not have been good. They document the thing with tons of proof that you you can't go like, "Where did where did they get that?" No, no, they they, they <laughs> tell you where they got that. And now you can't deny it anymore. And you kind of feel like, oh, maybe I know too much now because every time we're going to do that in church, I'm going to be brought back to what I read in that book and I'm going to feel bad. That's okay. It's just for those of you who are willing to dig a little deeper. Uh, I'm just giving you that. It has nothing to do with really uh, Christians leaving church, uh, but it has to do with maybe uh, addressing uh, perverse thinking. So... Uh, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, they were they yearn more uh, for God. So number five, they yearn more for God. So therefore, they uh, they end up leaving what is called Christianity, which I said is more like churchianity because they never really left the faith. Unlike the people I named at the beginning of this broadcast. See the people I named at the beginning, they left the faith. Like I even read of a, a guy who was a, a powerful a Christian theologian. I remember, I forget his name who had left, he, become, he became an atheist, an active atheist at that, who was once interviewed. And it was funny because they taught they, they asked him a question. They said, when I say the word Jesus, when I name the name Jesus, what comes to your mind? And he paused for a moment. And he went, you know what he said? He said, I miss him. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. That a, an atheist who was militant, who had left uh, Christianity, who was a, supposedly a Christian, became an atheist, asked in an interview about Jesus. And he says, you know what? I miss him. Now, he, didn't, he wasn't saying, I regret my choice. He was saying, I miss him. I think that's so powerful. Like it, it almost brought me to tears when I read that. I was like, "Wow, that's that's shocking to read," but yet it was there. So, number six, the number six reason we're, we're getting to, towards the end of this amazing broadcast. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Number six reasons, reason why people leave Christianity. Number number six, they want to escape the yoke of religion, or as we call it, the religious spirit. The religious spirit. And Liz spoke about that, she spoke volumes about that throughout the evening, uh, throughout this broadcast, of what that looks like. And and this is what I'm feeling that Paul Maxwell, especially, felt and wanted to escape because he said, I'm not angry anymore. I thought that was interesting. So that means you were angry. I also felt that he used to be depressed. And these are signs that you're under a spirit of religion. When you're angry or depressed, this is not the joy of the Lord, guys. Don't mistake. I, I think it's quite simple to like to say, oh yeah, okay, I'm angry, depressed. What? You're saying I don't have the joy of the Lord? Yeah, yeah chances are this is not the fruit of the spirit <laughs> of the joy of the Lord. So they want to, they feel suffocated. They feel like they're being choked. And that's what the spirit of religion does. See, the spirit of religion is a counterfeit kingdom, when you first join it, you think, oh man, I'm accepted. I'm loved here. It's amazing. You're on like a, on a honeymoon, a cloud nine. But then the tentacles start growing and the uh, they start ha- getting a hold of you, bringing you into all kinds of uh, bondage. Never forget that the word religion is from the Latin, the Etymology of the word is from the Latin religere, religere, which means bound or to bind something. So when you are doing religion, when you are in religion and not in relationship, when you are under a spirit of religion, you will feel bound. And what happens when a human being feels bound? He wants to be set free. And when you're in that type of situation, oftentimes, unless Jesus Christ, unless you find Jesus Christ and you find that freedom from the spirit of religion, that true, the kingdom of God, that's going to free you from those shackles, the true kingdom, unless you find that, your first reflex to free yourself from feeling bound is you're going to leave. I'm done with that. Done with. Uh, Christianity done with churchianity, whatever you call it, I'm out of here. Why? Because you can't stand it anymore. You got to feel free. You're suffocated. And uh, Ryan Lestrange uh, wrote a blog. Some of you might know Ryan Lestrange. He's got a very powerful uh, ministry. He wrote a very good blog, and I got to share it with you guys here. It he called it the Seven C's. C's like a, the letter C. C's of religious of the religious spirit, the seven C's of the religious spirit. He said, there are seven identifying marks of the operation of a religious spirit. And I thought it was very insightful. So he said, the religious spirit contains, contains, number one, contains. Spirit life is about freedom and identity. The religious spirit places unholy limitations upon people's lives and tries to mask their true identity in Christ. Boy, yeah. couldn't have said that better myself. Number two, the religious. Yeah, You got something you want to say?
0: That's what I was saying. We're all like Stepford wives. Yes. We're all like this little perfect clone that has to fit the mold. Otherwise, yeah. nope, you're not this good Christian. You don't have... What it takes, yeah. This is, you know, I won't let you, like, you know, do this ministry or be part of this because, no, I'm not convinced that you can do it because you don't fit the mold. And I have Liz, to be convinced that I see physically by how you how you talk and how you act and what you do that you fit the mold to do this part.
1: Yes, and Liz, wouldn't you say that this happens ever so subtly? It's very subtle. Um when you first uh, join religion or, or become part of a religious club or, or what they call some religions today, churches, it, you, you start out, like I said, with great excitement, especially if you're kind of naive and, and, and it's all new to you. But it creeps up ever so slowly, like the leaven, like Jesus said, the leaven of the Pharisees, the teachings of the Pharisees. A little leaven level uh, le- uh, leavens the whole lump.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A little false teaching levels uh, makes the whole lump explode. Anyway, it, but it creeps up ever so subtly that you never see it coming. But it's going to come in the form of, uh, let's say you're active, you, like you go every Sunday, every Sunday, and that, then you start missing. One Sunday you don't go, you know, you start going every two Sundays. Where were you last Sunday, Liz? I didn't see you. Where were you? Are you okay? You're right. Is everything okay? They're gonna ask you that, like, because they want to show they care. They don't wanna show you they control you, they just wanna show you they care. Is everything okay? Because you didn't you weren't in church. Obviously, you must have been sick, or maybe something's wrong, right? Because it's not normal to not wanna <laughs> be here with us controlling you, right? <laughs> so are you all right
0: you shouldn't say that because there are some people some people
1: generally care no no i, I know that, and i yeah, and, and, like and we, some people don't have a, a like, second thought about it they're like just gonna we, ask me, you yeah. hey, i didn't see you last week it's are gonna be more like casual but like some others church. but yeah. you know it when it's the what's when it's the, the bad kind so when it's the it good in context
0: kind, that he's talking about the i'm religion. talking about the religious
1: spirit acting out yeah. when when it's you, discernment is obviously needed, right? You know when the person genuinely cares and is just asking like, hey, where were you last week? I didn't see you. I, I, I kind of missed it. You missed a good sermon. It was awesome. That's not the same thing as, where were you last week, Lizzie? <laughs> we didn't see you. Really? you know, like we're the,
0: sick. Sick with
1: what? <laughs> sick with what? 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 Anything we can pray for to make sure that it doesn't happen again. I mean, to make sure that you can enjoy this wonderful assembly next week. <laughs> anyway, I'm joking a lot here, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay, number two. Uh, did I say number two? No, I didn't. No. Okay, number two, this religious spirit, uh, again, according to uh, Ryan O'Stranger's blog called The Seven Seas of the Religious Spirit, confines. And he wrote, the religious spirit rejects revelation and breakthrough. It boxes people in and stalls their progress. It contains you in a box. Because if you think outside the box, you don't belong in the box. Mm -hmm. They're not going to like you in the box if you think outside the box. Number three, complains. The The religious spirit complains. Wherever there is a religious spirit in operation, there will be much murmuring, complaining, and wrong speaking. So, speaking in the backs of one another church splits i mean church splits often are the result of a religious spirit that's been in operation for a while because don't don't kid yourself the goal of a religious spirit is not religious unity it's to split up explode the church break it up eventually now they don't start out with that because they need to grow their tentacles everywhere all over the the garden if you will like the, the 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 like um uh, thorns all over a garden, and when it's they're ready, they, they rip it apart. They rip the, the, the domination, the church apart through murmuring and complaining and uh, talking in the pastor's back, talking in the uh, so-and-so's back and, and criticizing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Number four, the spirit, the religious spirit criticizes, criticizes one of the most prominent operations of a religious spirit is a critical attitude. The spirit life, the spirit life brings gospel power and demonstration, while religion enjoys listen to this debate and disagreement, leading to endless disputes without any supernatural power. A person bound by a religious spirit is dry in the spirit. And lacking the life of God. This creates an attitude and mindset of negativity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Man, when I was under the spirit of religion, I and was luck. always
0: a spirit of lack, always, I was
1: always depressed.
0: Yeah, depressed. Constantly, everything's going bad. I was
1: constantly depressed. I was negative. Uh uh, I and I, I counterfeited basically. I I the more I studied the scripture, the more I I, I Started thinking myself very special, you know. I I know things, I know stuff, and I, uh, I'm I'm better than so and so and so and so and so. And so. so you know how it, this is how it works. So uh, it criticizes number five. Controls the religious spirit establishes false mindset and false belief foundations in the lives of individual believers. This is one reason the office. I I, I was like, wow, I can't believe he said that. This is one reason the office of the teacher is so vital in today's church, as well as a regular spirit life consisting of strong prayer in the other tongues. In other tongues, in other words, the glossolalia, speaking in tongues. The religious spirit works to control, bind, and hinder regions. It stifles the flow of God in churches and ministries, which can bring great discouragement to those in leadership, even causing them to quit. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there's so many pastors who feel the burden of ministry, who are exhausted, who are under spiritual burnout, who can't go on anymore and who end up leaving the ministry. It's just too much, too exhausting, too hard. So obviously... uh, that's That's the control mechanism. So a, a religious spirit likes to, to to have control. And we know that that uh, they work well these uh, religious spirits where they work well with Jezebel. Jezebel also likes control, but differently. It's expressed differently. Number six, compromises. Religion spends the vast majority of its time focused on works without power. Oh my goodness. It creates a heart that is trapped in lifeless activity and easily opens the door to compromise. It abandons the, plan of, the plans of God in pursuit of building its own kingdom. What did I tell you about religion? Religion is a counterfeit kingdom of God that, that Satan creates to give the illusion that you have arrived, that you have founded, it, that it, it, here you're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. That is the spirit of religion in a, in a nutshell, I guess. Uh, what did you say here? I wanted to, um, it abandons the plans of God in pursuit of building its own kingdom. I once said, uh, I've said it many times actually, that when the rapture occurs, when the rapture occurs and the saints are taken off the earth, 95% of actual ministries will keep going as if nothing happened. Why? Because they are not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. They are following man-made Uh, programs and 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 and, uh orders of things and 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 uh the the traditions of man basically that's what religion is the tradition look
0: for a lot of jesus i think their salvation is based on doing what they're supposed to do what the pastor says to do and the traditions and a lot of it is not um it's all in a motive to please God, but it's not necessarily what God has asked them to do. Yeah, And that's what's sad about this is that a lot of Christians, a lot of pastors mean well and they love God and they think they're doing the right thing, but they've been indoctrinated in a certain way and it's a lot of it is religious. And, and so, you know, unfortunately when you're in that environment, it's very difficult um, for the Holy spirit to move because there's too much restraint. There's too much control and there's not enough of the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's exactly. like not yeah. accepted. It's not wanted. Uh, and they don't believe that it it can manifest in that way. Today, it's like no, no. Like keep God in a box.
1: Yeah, exactly. Keep him in a box. We don't want to be uncomfortable. Keep it that way because that way we're in control. If we're in control, it's of God. Mm-hmm. Really. anyway
0: so the seventh point is
1: seventh point is the spirit of religion condemns Mm -hmm. jesus came to set each of us gloriously free from condemnation and the works of the law as we awaken to all that he is and all that he has called us to be we step into a bold uncommon realm of liberty Mm -hmm. the religious spirit continually harasses and condemns people placing value on judgment above mercy and blinding the eyes of its victims to the real power of the gospel. Now, uh, I agree with what he's saying, but at at the same time, we have to be uh, wary and careful of not falling into greasy grace. You don't want to go all out. uh, I have all freedoms, all liberty, because I've seen a lot fall through that uh, uh, ploy of the devil. The ploy of the devil is basically telling them that... uh, telling people that the 10 commandments basically don't exist anymore and and you're free in Jesus, free in Jesus and do whatever, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law now and which is basically a a, a satanic mindset. So you don't want to go the other way. There's, there needs to be balance in in a a faith that is healthy is a balanced faith that will embrace order and power uh, and, and spontaneity of the Holy Spirit, orderly conduct. All these things can work together in harmony. They don't have to be, that have to be one or the other. can be both. Oftentimes I tell that to Liz when she tells me, I don't know, should I do this or that? I say, well, why does it have to be one or the other? Why can't it be both? And sometimes she looks at me like, yeah, actually, I never thought of that. It can be both. It it
0: works. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So all this to say, let's just review quickly. Uh, I just want to review Liz, if that's okay with you. The six... Top, reason, the top six reasons people leave Christianity. So number one, we said was they haven't found what they're looking for. Number two, they got hurt by their church. In other words, Christians caused me pain, so I'm leaving. Number three, they are victims of perverse thinking, which leads you to think or say, God caused me pain, so I'm leaving. Number four, they were shown the door. They got the left foot of fellowship. <laughs> Number five, they yearn for more of God. So now, now we're not talking about backsliding people. Now we're talking about believers who are dissatisfied with the dryness of what they've been given. And they, they want the, the, pure, the pure bread, the, 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 the wonderful oil that God can, only God can give. Number six, they want to escape the yoke of religion. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, easy, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said that. And I hope today's uh, broadcast, which is very long teaching, but so necessary as we see these people, uh, one after the other, coming out saying, I'm not a Christian anymore ah, screw that. I don't want nothing to do with that. And a lot of believers are like shocked and like, oh, oh dear, he he just left. And and why, why are we shocked by this? We said, we we were told it would happen in the end times, but at the same time, God is also doing a fantastic thing. He said he would spread his spirit in the last days upon all flesh and uh, young men will prophesy and have dreams and visions and all that. And that is also happening and we're seeing it. So, It's it's an incredible time uh, in the church's history where we're seeing so many things happen at once. The downside of that is obviously a lot of confusion is born Mm -hmm. from that. But at the same time, so much blessing is coming uh, to the body as well for those who are willing, able, and in a position to receive it.
0: Exactly. And so uh, we just want to end this broadcast in uh, encouraging you to go to thrivingonpurpose.com Uh, join our uh, email list to have our access to all the content that uh, we're doing for you guys. Um, Check out our YouTube, Thriving on Purpose. If you're not already listening to that, subscribe and click the notification bell so you can have more of these videos of these teachings. Sebastian's working on all kinds of wonderful uh, projects for you guys, so you're going to be blessed in in the coming weeks.
1: She's working hard too on all kinds (laughs) of projects.
0: And, um, yeah, so it's really exciting. So I really encourage you, you know, as you see things shifting um, to understand, you know, that the Holy Spirit is moving, um, that the Lord is preparing the body of Christ, is going to be exposing um, a lot of things that are uh, being hidden that are not right. Um, This has to happen. There has to be exposure. There There has to be a purity. There has to be people Um, And for those of you that are in the prophetic, you want the glory of God. You want revival. But for that to happen, there has to be exposure. There has to be um, a cleansing, a A a purification where God brings you back to the foundation of what's important. And um, and so we're going to see a lot of that in in the coming weeks, in the coming months. So it's really important to focus not on men, not on what happening. You know, it's sort of like you're going on a path and the Lord is lighting your feet and you're following this path. And while you're doing that, trees are falling, trees are falling, trees yes. are falling, but you don't look at what's happening left or right. You keep on focused on Christ, on your kingdom assignment, on what God is asking you to do and on, you know, lift, lifting each other up as the body of Christ. Um, believers making a difference in the world, adding value to people, yes. serving others, yes. showing God's love—you uh, know, reaching out to other people. It's so important right now to be talking to others about Christ and to be, you know, spreading those seeds. Because when you know the storm does hit, people are going to be, um, you know, wanting more they're of be, God they're and be what, seeking and answers. questioning.
1: They're going to be seeking answers, and if the only answer you have to offer them is, "Hey, come to come with me to my church," They're going to need more than that. They're going to need more than that. So um, yeah. make sure that you're ready to give an answer for the hope that is in you. And the hope that is in is in you is Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God.
0: So be blessed and be sure to check thrivingonpurpose.com for your free resources. Be blessed.
1: And thrive on.
0: I'm not good at this. Where is Yeah, okay. <laughs> we